0: Hey guys, and welcome to the official podcast of development Develop development unplugged and if you're watching us live, you probably have noticed that today we're in a different location and uh, it's not for nothing. We are at our other office uh, that's uh, where my grandfather lives and uh, the topic of today is is specially picked because of a situation that i'm going through personally and that uh, well my family and and part of my team is going through and uh that is that my my grandfather he's 90 years old and and every day he he needs a bit more support and and he's getting a bit weaker and uh we're trying to support him the best we can and uh this has been an ongoing process for the last you know couple of years that that he has needed more and more help and uh A year ago, I went through a very rough period trying to help him, and I canceled a lot of different things in my life uh, to be there for him, and I didn't have a very good support network. Uh, I had a bit of a support network, but I actually started building a support network uh, last year, and I started asking for help, asking for help and communicating how people could help me, and... Now, a year later, now going through a similar experience where my grandfather's having a difficult period. It's impressive to look back at at how much my support network has expanded. My support network has expanded greatly. The team at Develop Development has grown. We have a lot of full-time staff now. We have people who help my grandfather when I can't be there. Uh, who go visit him, bring him food, uh, cook for him, help him clean, you know, And my grandfather's a very stubborn guy. He never really accepted help. We've been trying for many, many years, but we finally found some family friends that kind of make him feel like they're visiting him. instead of people who are hired to take care of him, people who he f- esteems, who he values, who he feels really are, are more like family or like friends that that are coming over and and uh, that has worked very well i mean it it uh, my grandfather has has extended his life a bit because because of that but now a year later um he's going through a tough time uh basically what happened sometimes with my grandfather uh, at, at his old age, uh, being lonely after my grandmother died. Uh, and uh, is he enters certain types of depressions at time and, and stops wanting to eat and really refuses to eat. And, and we give him food and he spits it out. and uh, So we get very creative with all kinds of different things. I mean, baby foods, ensure mm-hmm. electrolyte drinks, all kinds of different things to make sure uh like soups liquids just kind of whatever we can we can kind of do to make him consume uh his nutrients but but it it's it's a challenge um and uh so so this episode of today is is gonna be a little bit different than than other episodes uh, in this episode, I, I am not really joined uh, by, by anyone on the team because the team is still back in, in the main office uh, doing a lot of great work. Uh, Steve is here uh, helping me behind the scenes. He might pitch in uh, during the podcast like he sometimes does, uh, so I'm not totally alone. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, so that's something that, that you'll notice in this episode and uh, if anyone is watching live, uh, please feel free to, to share your, your context, your stories, your questions in the chat um, if, if something comes up. Uh, but I really want to have a, a, a conversation with you guys about learning to ask for help, learning to uh, seek help. I see it a lot with my grandfather. He's a very stubborn guy because of pride. Because of Pride, he doesn't want to ask for help. He refuses help. And it's been a big process to build enough trust and and, and help him change his mental narrative about help. And, I mean, we succeeded it with him by making him feel like it's friends and family visiting rather than hired people. Um, but... I also found out that in my life, I was having a hard time asking for help. Uh, Asking for help was, was something that I wasn't really trained to do. Asking for help was something that I had kind of been told that, you know, don't use people, don't take advantage of people, don't be selfish, don't be needy, help people, don't ask for help, like... Uh, there's a lot of cultural narratives, there's a lot of judgments about being needy and quote-unquote taking advantage of people. I put quote-unquote because there's a lot of stuff that really is not taking advantage of people. There are a lot of times where asking for help is a generous act. Um, And... Asking for help is a generous act because it's a compliment to the other person. It's an expression of trust. Um, Something I've learned is that every time I ask for help, people are like, thank you for letting me help. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for including me. People love being included. People love uh, feeling that... You trust them. People love feeling that that they're part of your life. I mean, people who value you want to be there for you. And and I think you probably know this from the fact that you probably want to be more involved in some people's lives that they might not be receiving your help. For example, my grandpa. Uh, We've all wanted to be there more for him, and and it's been hard. I mean, even up to a few years ago, he wouldn't let us into... uh, his apartment much, he was very, I mean, my grandfather, we talk about uh, personality psychology here, so to give a little bit of context, my grandfather is primarily an introvert, so he values his personal space, his independence, and uh, he really for most of his life wanted really that people don't invade his space, and only in recent years, once my grandmother died, did he get into the I miss having friends, I miss having a social life because he depended on my more extroverted grandmother to provide him with that, to provide him with that social uh, aspect that even though he would always complain about, oh, no, I don't want to party, I don't want to see anyone, I don't want to go to this get-together uh, and he would cancel many of them, but the few he would join, he would appreciate uh, because sometimes having people of other personalities helps us to take us out of a comfort zone, have new experiences. And when we're left alone to our own, uh, like totally deciding for ourselves, what happens sometimes is uh, we can end up creating little bubbles where we stay inside our comfort zone. So my my grandfather, he... Uh, when my grandmother died, obviously started missing a little bit that kind of more social context. And and interestingly enough, ever since my grandmother died, I've been able to build a much stronger bond with him. I've been able to be with him in a way I couldn't before because uh, he opened up in a way he had never opened before. And And with age, you know, as he gets older, he has started to realize he needs help. But... He really has been waiting till last minute to really not fight too much. I mean, he still fights. Even like if I want to give him a glass of water, he'll argue that like, no, 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 no. Uh, so, so he's still stubborn. But the interesting fact is uh, sometimes when we have enough motivation for something... We can get out of our, our comfort zone, and 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 well, my grandfather, I think a few things came into play. I think he realized at some point he needed to accept help, even if it went again went all the all against his pride. Um, but it's hard. It's it, it it's hard sometimes. Sometimes we are pride, proud people, and um, yeah, it. Uh, my sister, who's who's following the chat. Uh, uh, and this stream from the office writes, so I wouldn't be here if you hadn't asked me for help, and I'm so grateful to be part for, of this. And um, it's actually a very, very real situation that happened that about a year ago or a little bit more, a year and a half ago, I was really overwhelmed, feeling a great sensation of being alone. Having a very important project with here with Develop development and having a great burden of taking care of family because, for those of you who know uh, my personal story and and know about Develop development, I do have a part of my personality that focuses on taking care of people. Uh, so I assumed the default state of taking care of everyone around me, especially my family. But I felt so alone in the process, and uh, there came a point where these priorities became more important than my fears. And I talk a lot about this, make your goals more important than your fears. Uh, and when I made this these projects, both develop development Beyond and Taking Care of Family, more important than any excuses or any um, mistakes I could make in the process, that's when I started asking for help. And I actually reached out exactly to my sister and to my mother uh, and to Steve actually who was in Canada uh, and I listen I I, w- I told them, listen, I have this very very important project. I'm doing some really good stuff here. I'm really proud about the choices I'm making, but I need help. I can't do this alone. I have taken on too much on my plate and I cannot quit because I have a great sense of responsibility, but I need help. I need help uh, any way shape or form that, that that it can be provided and but I was also specific I did it to some degree I mean there were some things that we had to learn how can we work together where 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 can we complement each other but there was also an element of you know these are the specifics I need help with, how can we make it happen and uh, yeah um, it it it's very i mean i this episode, you may or may not notice that I'm having a harder time. It's a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic for me because in it, there's a lot of emotions involved. And uh, I actually told Steve and, and I told my sister via chat uh, before this podcast, I hope I don't have an emotional breakdown in front of the camera and I was like, I am gonna distract myself, I'm gonna distract myself. And and for those of you who know me, I'm I'm a very, very, very emotionally stable person. I'm I'm really, really chill under most circumstances. A very stable genius. <laughs> a very stable genius. Where where did that come from? That's what Donald Trump calls himself. Oh Donald Trump, Trump calls himself a very stable genius. Um so Steve made a joke about that. But um uh yeah, I mean it, it, it's funny because now this time that that I have opened up to have more of a support network, I'm also sharing more of my frustrations, more of my fears, more of what goes in my head. A lot of people around me are a little bit surprised. Um, they're not surprised that I feel this way, but they're they are surprised about how much these things affect me compared to what I've demonstrated in the past because I've, I'm I'm known as the guy who's like Teflon. I mean, people can do anything to me. Anything can happen. I can experience abuse. I can experience failure. I can experience the world falling apart around me and I, I'm the uh, eternal optimist or like Steve and sometimes my dad like to call me the fatal optimist. I can find the, 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 the beauty and the positive in, in anything. And in this kind of situation right now where I'm going through through helping my grandpa during a, a difficult period. The the interesting thing is, last year, I locked myself up. We have, we have a, a, like, three apartments in the same building. My grandfather has his, and then uh, we have two others, right? So I would go every half an hour with my grandpa, give him something to drink, something to eat, like, visit him all the time, but I would kind of give him his space, and I would lock myself up the rest of the day, like, when I it wasn't with my grandpa, in my apartment because I I I was so overwhelmed with everything and I didn't really talk to people I didn't really share what I was going through much and and I kind of kept it all to myself but when I was going through that period a lot of things were happening a lot of things were happening and my first instinct was I'm going to cancel everything I I I had been invited to give some some workshops in Spain I had Got invited to speak in front of 500 people at a huge entrepreneurship expo. I think the biggest one in Latin America, if not the second biggest, with 180,000 people uh, present at the expo. Uh, but, I mean, my talk was, was, was for 500 people, which was, I think, the second biggest uh, talk uh, stage available. Uh, and those were very big opportunities for me, but I was canceling everything. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. Uh, uh, related to work I'm just going to focus on on, on helping my grandfather and uh, luckily I had people who really begged me to help them by giving them workshops in Spain and and really made a very good strong case as to why I should go and help and, 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 and be there and The way I approached it was, okay, how can I help both my grandfather and help these people in Spain that are asking for help? And that's when we asked a friend for help. We asked a friend for help, a a friend here who lives in the same city as my grandfather and who's a great family friend, who's always been there for us. Uh, And we asked her, listen, is there any chance you could help uh, uh, with with our grandfather while, while I do a quick trip to Spain? And she was more than happy to help, and 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 actually, she she felt grateful for the opportunity. And it turned out uh, that she was going through a bit of a difficult period herself. Uh, she had lost certain opportunities and was a little bit lost. And her family life at home was a bit difficult. And and suddenly, she had this opportunity to do something that got her mind off of a lot of the difficult stuff she was going through. So she actually has thanked me a million times for this help. And every time I talk to her, and she'll be on the Spanish podcast this this afternoon, um, for those of you who speak Spanish, uh, she w- she has thanked me a million times for for, for for showing up in her life. And the reality is I've been uh, thanking her for, for the same thing. I've been thanking her for the same thing because without her help, I wouldn't have been able to go to Spain. I wouldn't have a- been able to go do the talk in front of 500 people. I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the things I've, I've been able to do because she has been able to back me up in moments where I had other responsibilities. And interestingly enough, with Steve as well, um, about a year ago, he was also in a situation where things were a little bit difficult for him. Uh, his daily life was not, not the best. And I was going through this with my grandfather and, and, and we started talking and, and, and uh, about how each of us were doing. And it also became clear that there was a win-win situation that could happen where where he could reintegrate. I mean, for those of you who, who don't know, he he was one of my co-founders and business partners in my previous business. And uh, he was part of the inspiration and the development of Developed Development in the early days. And um, interestingly enough, when I heard that he was going through a rough time, I, I told him, listen, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. And those words apparently struck with him. I, uh, he, he, he really valued that he could get reintegrated because beca- he had certain kind of regrets about how, how he left uh, the, the previous uh, business. And uh, when there was an opportunity for him to reintegrate, he was very excited. It gave him something to look forward to. And, and it was a win-win situation. I mean, this podcast wouldn't be possible without Steve. And uh, it, it. there were many people around me who really, their lives were at a phase where they were looking for something new, something different. They were looking for, for, for some opportunities. And I was in the need of help. And f- a lot of these people would have been more than happy to join and help earlier. But... It was only when I opened up to, listen, I need help, that, that they could integrate. And uh, yeah, I mean, going back to 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 my sister's comment, it is very true. Had I not asked for help, obviously they wouldn't have been able to help. And now I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do without without Steve, without my sister, without my mother, without the team, you know, Nata, David, Yesenia, uh, Lina, Álvaro, uh, all these people who, who are working uh, with this uh, project and with helping with family responsibilities. I don't know what I would do today. I mean, I I a year ago I was running on pure adrenaline when my grandfather went through a difficult period. I was running on pure adrenaline and... and 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 sense of responsibility, but a, an unsustainable one because I wasn't taking care of myself. And now a year later, we're more conscious of what's really going on. It's actually to some degree harder for me than a year ago, but it is easier because of the support network I have. So so I do want to to have a little bit of a a, a, a discussion with you guys. So I wanna I wanna challenge you guys to. To ask yourself, in your life, how many people are there waiting for an opportunity, waiting to be integrated into something, waiting to have a sense of purpose or a mission? Uh, and, And how many people care about you a lot and worry about you and want to help you, but you're not letting them in because you're too proud or too arrogant or too insecure to ask for help? There, there is something called the, the Benjamin Franklin effect that we sometimes talk about here on the podcast and in our workshops, and uh, it, it's, it's basically something that Benjamin Franklin discovered that when he had to create political alliances and 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 persuade people to help him, people who had helped him in the past were really, really likely to help him again, but people that owed him a favor were very unlikely to help him, and. It turned out that people who had helped him in the past, every time that they helped him, would kind of justify in the mind, I'm helping this person because I care about them. I'm helping this person because I like them. And also, they were helping because they felt a a certain confidence boost. They felt valued. They felt appreciated. They felt like they had something to contribute to something. People love having the ability to contribute to something. They love being included as well, but it's not just about being included, it's about being included, but also feeling that they're making a difference. That's something I've learned as a leader, that if you hire someone and they don't see their value, they don't realize all what they're contributing, just being included, but not feeling that they're contributing can make them feel bad. So making someone feel included, but also making them feel valued, making them feel like they're making a difference is powerful. And we're all fantastic at devaluating ourselves. We all are great at making less everything we do and uh, uh, not seeing our self-worth. And when someone comes and asks for help, that's a, an acknowledgement of, hey, listen, I think that you can do this better than me. I think that without you, I can't do this. Like, and that makes people feel special. That makes them feel valued. So there's a difference between going and telling people, hey, do this, do that. You need to do this. You owe me this favor. I mean, like Benjamin Franklin discovered, telling someone, oh, you owe me a favor. That's not a good way to get for help. That's not a good way to 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 build uh, alliances, build support networks. But to go up to people and say, listen, I've always been able to count on you. Can I count on you one more time? That works incredibly well. And I know this both as a leader and, and, and as someone who who's been involved in many projects and, and, and worked many jobs. I remember my first sales job. I had a fantastic sales manager. And this sales manager, he, he came up to me. And when I was under that manager, I sold three or four times more than anyone in the department. And, and it's no secret, I'm, I, I have had periods of my, my career that I've been a top salesperson and periods of my career where I was on the bottom. And the biggest difference was my managers, my leaders. And uh, in this particular case, this guy he got the best out of me because he knew I wasn't motivated by money. He knew I wasn't motivated by commissions. He knew I was motivated by customer service, by leadership, by helping people. And so he, he was like, he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, buddy, I uh, I wanted to talk to you. I've 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 been seeing that you you're selling f- like two three times more than anyone else in the department, and you really know what you're doing." and uh, i 've always been able to count on you and, and I, I I was hoping to ask you for this favor uh, Is there any chance you could you could take time to train everyone else in the department to know their products, know their services, uh, know how to sell this uh, c- Could you please help them because I think you have have probably more more understanding about all of this than anyone else and in that moment, I was like, yes! And I came in on my off days. I would go in on my off days and, and sit and train people. And I would sit one-on-one and train everyone. And I wasn't being paid for those hours. It was it was on my off day. I wasn't a manager. It wasn't part of my responsibility. But I was asked to do my manager a favor. But I was also made feel special and valued. So I started focusing on, hey, I'm going to help. I'm going to help all what I can. I'm going to help all I can. Uh, and... Uh, it, uh, it was really, really powerful. And the interesting thing is, is if, if you go further back, like if you really think back at all the people who've helped you, and, and, and I'm going to drop some, some more names now. Uh, previously, I mentioned all the people who are here full time. And uh, the reality is to get to where I, I am today, it was a bunch of people. Who, who started helping me and and I remember for example when I got into new places uh, there are two people who are, come to mind right now uh, Marcela and Fernanda from from kind of different languages and and uh, different countries but when 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 all of this happened uh, where I was feeling very alone I asked for help, and and I remember I was in a trip stuck in. I was stuck in in Brazil. I had a lot of things falling apart next to me and around me, and when all of that fell apart, my former business partner quit. My uh, former coordinator for Brazil quit. And I went to Fernanda and I was like, listen, I need help. I need help. This is very important for me. This project is very important. And I'm in a difficult spot. And what am I going to do? And in that moment, in two seconds, she planned things. She planned a tour for me. She planned more cities. And all of a sudden, we had a tour with seven different cities. Uh, we had uh, radio shows, uh, newspaper articles. We had uh, uh, talks in front of 200 people. We had all kinds of different things that happened. And and actually a moment of difficulty suddenly led to, to our biggest trip in, in Brazil. And before that, going a little bit further back, um, we'll Marcela. Marcela is from Argentina. Uh, I had a big fear of doing things in Spanish because, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm 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 mixed. I've lived all over the world. I've I, I've never lived in one country for long enough to really be perfect at any language. But I think the the main constant is English. Uh, uh, <laughs> Steve goes pretty good at Canadian English. I, I lived many years in Canada, so. Um, But, I mean, I had a big fear of doing things in Spanish. Uh, Spanish and Danish, two languages that I speak quite fluently, I still make more mistakes than I would like. And I felt very ashamed of that. And Steve goes, less than you think you do. Uh, And basically, when a lot of opportunities started coming up in Spanish. I, I remember there was someone within the, the ecosystem of Ted Talk Mexico that was trying to get me on uh, to do a Ted Talk in Spanish. And there was also uh, people on TV. I got invited on TV several times. And, and I, I, I eventually got on TV and started being on TV even weekly uh, for a period of time in an entrepreneurship program. And, and here now in, a, in a, probably in a week or so, I'll be on TV again. Uh uh, in spanish and 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 the reality is in the beginning i was like no 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 i can't do things in spanish i make mistakes in spanish i don't speak proper spanish blah 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 blah, blah. and i mean I, I speak perfectly fine i mean i guess i make mistakes but i mean they're native speakers that sometimes even make more mistakes than me um i've had to learn that they're the, like I, not the hard way but just i had to learn that by being like super self-aware and and, and aware of the people around me mm-hmm. um but yeah, when, when I started doing things in Spanish, it was Marcella that actually came up to me and she was like, listen, this stuff is gold. I need, I need you to share this with the world. I need you to share this with the world because, I mean, this is important stuff. I can help you. I can help you translate. I can translate manuals. I can translate uh, – uh, I can subtitle videos. I can do this. I can do that. But I need you to get started in Spanish. And she discovered me in Brazil doing a, a, a live intro. Uh, and she asked for stuff in Spanish, and and my instinct was no, 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 and I would always escape it and avoid it for a long, long time. And and every time she would see I wasn't doing things in Spanish, she'd be like, "Hey, we need more things in Spanish. We need more things in Spanish." And now, our YouTube channel in Spanish has more, 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 more subscribers. Now our 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 podcast in in Spanish has more, more live listeners, and. Um, yeah, I mean it, it. It it it's something that every time I've let people in my life to help, things have changed a lot, and 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 I've leveled up, and 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 they've many times leveled up, and it's amazing. It's amazing what can happen when when you learn to ask for help, and I mean there are so many other people I can go further back, and and and. The people, I mean, there, there's... Uh, with name-dropping, it's always a problem because there are so many people that come to mind. And, I mean, uh, I can name-drop so many people in so many diff- different countries that, that have helped to bring this to so many different amazing people. And and I don't want to be in a name-dropping spree because I, I forget people, but... Kanye West, <laughs> Steve <laughs> goes, Kanye West, Prince... Um, Yeah, I mean all I can say if you've you've helped even for five minutes, thank you. If if you've challenged me at any point, thank you. If 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 you push me out of my comfort zone, thank you. Um no matter where in the world you are, um, thank you. Because every every team I mean every team and every person who's collaborated with us has has really taken this to the next level um but yeah i mean it th- this idea of asking for help it's it's so essential and most people i know they feel like a burden they feel like they're a burden on the world they feel like like oh it's their problems it's their responsibility and i mean we all have problems we all have dynamic lives. I mean, yes, we work in personal development. We have a lot of tools to deal with a lot of situations. But there's not a single tool that can prevent all problems in life. I mean, let's be real. If, if you're not, and, and I say this all the time, if you're not experiencing failure, rejection, mis- making mistakes, you're not innovating, you're not stepping out of your comfort zone. So in fact... I hope that you're making mistakes. I hope you're having difficult peers. I hope you get out of them fast. Ask for help, develop new skill sets, grow, level up. I hope you do that. Uh, But I will say, there's so many people out there, and and I know so many people who feel like it's my responsibility. And as someone who loves to help people, I know so many people who, who I try to help, and they go, no, 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 I can do this myself. No, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't help me with this. You shouldn't you're not allowed to help me with this. You're not allowed to help me with that. That's my responsibility. And sometimes there are things that we have to go through ourselves, sure. But having a support network, and even if it's just feeling like they're there for you to catch you if you fall, I mean that's a big thing. Uh that's a very big thing. So so yeah, I mean whenever you can Identify that there's something that's difficult in your life. Even if it's something that you feel is private, ask for help. I mean, whether it's a health issue, a mental health issue, a financial issue, a personal conflict, uh, a relationship issue. There's someone that can help you. And different people are going to help you in different ways in different moments. Some people are gonna be there for five minutes, and some people are gonna be there for the long road. That doesn't make the one that's there for five minutes less valuable. Sometimes you need someone who, who just shows up in the right moment and helps you in that that very key moment. It, uh, it, it's, it's really, I think. I mean, for me, the word that comes to mind it's frustrating. It's frustrating to me for me to see all these amazing people be so hard on themselves and let pride and let insecurity stop them from having the support networks they need. Uh, and yes, your family might have influenced you to be more private. I know here in Latin America, one of the big culture shocks for me, and this happens all over the world, but in, in Latin America, it's big. This idea that, ooh, the problems, they need to stay in the home. They need to stay in the home. Don't talk about it. Don't share it. I know people who have gone through very, very big mental uh, mental and health issues that have had to hide it from the world. I know people who have been locked up in their house when they've been sick so that no one sees them sick. I know so many people who have been trained to, if you have a problem, don't share and that's the worst thing you can do because then you start feeling like there's something wrong with you you start feeling like you're a burden to the world you feel like as you start feeling that that you're being needy that you're you're like that people have to go out of the way because of your situation and i mean i'm going to be be honest with you i think almost every single person in this world in some moments in their lives, have very complicated problems. Everyone has had some mental issues, some insecurities, some conflicts, some health issues, some breakups, some uh, made some big mistake. I mean, everyone has gone through difficult periods. Everyone has experienced loss. Everyone has has gone through periods of mourning. Everyone has has had. Challenging situations. And I think people are more empathetic. And more understanding. And more willing to help. Than you realize. And I think our pride. And our arrogance. Sometimes stops us from asking for help. And sometimes we stop ourselves. From asking for help. But sometimes we also mistakenly. Stop the people around us. Sometimes we stop our children. Sometimes we stop our employees. Sometimes we stop our our partners for asking for help because we has get afraid. We get afraid of of the next chapter, and sometimes is because of fear of judgments. What are people gonna say? Sometimes it's fear of ooh, if this person asks for help, what's the next chapter gonna be like? I know how this chapter looks. I feel like I'm in control. There's so much unknown in this next chapter. I'm afraid. People are afraid of the unknown. So I've noticed a lot of people, they accept the status quo, even if it's uncomfortable and difficult, because it's all they no. And they are afraid of, ooh, this next chapter might, might end up being worse, when it many times would be better. I've also noticed that in relationships, sometimes people don't want the people around them to get better because they feel that they have, based on their insecurities, can control the person they're with, if they're not better, um, recently I was talking to to an individual who who has gone through through a difficult period with with some eating disorders and and and, and body image and stuff like that, and I told this individual uh, different things about how, how how the body works and and and, and how uh, eating works and and and. Uh, how th- actually if you stop eating your body goes into starvation mode so it actually bulks up more than, than different things so we, we started kind of we, we had a kind of quite uh, thorough conversation about many different things but at one point one thing came up uh, where I mentioned that actually gaining weight is is a good thing, it's a healthy thing, it's, it's a positive thing, neither extreme is good obviously underweight or, or too overweight but uh, during the conversation a phrase came up about like, oh yeah you can put up uh, way more m- more more pounds and you'll, you'll still look great and you'll still have a lot of value Like, and this person's instinct was like, you know a lot of guys want girls to put on weight because then they feel like they're not going to run away Or they're not going to have that many opportunities. And I was like, what? People think that way? Like, they do it from a, I want you to have fewer opportunities? And and then I started thinking back. And I started thinking about, huh, yeah, how many people have tried to limit people around me or even limit me? And then I started thinking about relationships I had been in that were abusive and, and, and were where girls would tell me, oh, yeah, no, you're not this, you're not that. Um, I mean, I remember one girl who used to tell me a lot of insults to make me feel like I didn't have other options and make me feel small and insignificant. I've had mul- uh, multiple girls like that. I've had girls that, that have made me feel emasculated uh, in many different areas of my life. And uh, I started reflecting, wow, these people were very, very insecure. And their way of dealing with that was to make me feel more insecure so that I wouldn't go find other opportunities. So reflect when you have relationships or parents or grandparents that because of their insecurities, they teach you not to get better, not to ask for help, not to level up. Identify which people in your life are trying to control you and limit you so that you don't grow. Not to judge them, not to criticize them. Here in Develop Björnman, we talk about empathy. We, try about un- we talk about understanding people's individual contexts. And it's not about judging them because they probably were raised that way. They probably have their own traumas. And that's not to justify abuse. Never, ever, ever, ever justify abuse. This, I, I share this so that you start having self-respect so that you start saying, this is not good enough for me, I'm not going to tolerate this, and this is important for me, and that you start taking actions to get to where you really want to be. But it's not about them being bad. Some people are bad, some people are good, sure. But also, uh, depending on your dynamic and depending on the severity of, of the situation, if it's a mild case, ask yourself, how can you make them feel more confident about themselves. Uh, because I know people who do these sort of things without even thinking about it, without bad intentions. They just do it out of pure instinct and with no malicious intent. And And that doesn't make a person bad. It makes them human. We've all made mistakes out of insecurities. We've all done things in relationships that we regret and, and hopefully over time we learn and grow from it. I mean... Uh, Let's talk about bullying for just a second to add context to this conversation. How many of you have been bullied and then had a period where you bullied people? Uh, Steve raised his hand. Um, I remember when I was little, I I got bullied a lot. And I was never really a bully because I've always kind of been a pacifist. But I remember there was one point where I was getting bullied so much that I was getting more... For my standard, for Yannick standards, I mean, understand that I'm really pacifistic, I'm really chill, but for my standards, I started acting differently. I started acting colder towards people and I started being a little rougher towards people. And I remember there was one point where I became a bit rude to one of my friends and he turned around and he looked at me and he was like, what happened to you? you? You never used to be like this. I was like, and that hit me. It hit me hard, and I was like, "Whoa, you're right." And I apologized, and I changed my actions right away. I I didn't get defensive. I I realized, you know what? I I I am changing my way of being, um. And and I am not being as 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 kind as as I was before. So I was like, "Okay, this is something I have to work on." So so yeah, this is not about j- judging people. This is not about being like oh, you're bad because you, you, you tried to control me. Some people, they don't know anything else. But what I will say is don't let anyone, anyone ever hold you back from leveling up. Uh, don't let anyone ever stop you from asking for help when you know you need help. Um, and we have some comments. Uh, I'm going to translate one because one of them is in Spanish. Um, Nata, one of the guys in the team, um, he goes, cuando me pediste ayuda... Well, I should translate it live. When you asked me for help, uh, I was able to have more self-worth because you trusted me. and That helped me unlock a lot of abilities that I didn't know I had. And, yeah, I mean, if I look at everyone on the team most of the things they do today they didn't do they didn't know they could do uh, it was a uh, you know what I need help with this let's figure out who can do it and it was like just training and trying and trial and error and suddenly people realize they have more capacities than they realize and and it helps them make fe- makes them feel good but yeah I mean it's very 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 important that we we challenge ourselves to be like, okay, I need help. Asking for help if I do it the right way is a compliment. It's not about being bossy. It's not about being demanding. And I also think about managing expectations. Like, uh, there's another comment. Asking for help is amazing when you include them, but be aware not to expect them to fix your mess or dump your life Uh, (laughs) and problems on them. Steve gave me Kleenex because he thinks I might get emotional. Um, right under the table, um yeah, yeah, uh <laughs> yeah, this is a very different episode than usual, but yeah, uh asking for help without having concrete expectations is a very very important point and 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 that was my mom that shared that, so thank you um it's important because a lot of people they have so concrete expectations that like they might ask for flowers, but if they get blue fa- flowers instead of yellow flowers, they're like, ooh, you got me blue flowers. You don't care about me. You don't love me, blah, 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 blah. You don't even know me. You don't pay attention to me. Instead of being like, oh, how kind, this person want to got me flowers. Like, It's a cheesy example, but like, <laughs> Steve goes like, fuck off, enjoy your flowers. Uh, like, But how many times have you done something super kind, super generous, with the best intention in the world, and the person's like, what? that's not enough or that's wrong. You don't know me. That's not what I like. And it's like, oh, the effort was was missed, right? So also don't be that person that you ask for help, but then when you get the help, it's not the help you want, and then you complain because I've had that too. Uh, with my uncles, I used to help them a lot with, with their businesses, with their aven- ventures, their ideas, their projects. And I realized that every time I saw them, They would complain about how I did it wrong or didn't do it the way they wanted or that I wasn't enough or that I hadn't done this other thing that they wanted. So I hardly ever got a thank you, but I got a lot of criticism. And I was like, that's not working for me. That's not working for me. So it was like, okay, okay. Let's... uh, Let's reevaluate this. Uh, And then I started being like, no, I'm going to redirect my efforts to help people who are more grateful. So gratitude is key. Uh, Help people who are grateful, not just with words, because I understand that some people are more emotionally expressive than others. For some people, it's hard to say thank you. For some people, like saying thank you, some people do it with action. Some people do it just being there for you, including you, confining you. Some people they they do it with actually words expressing gratitude verbally but I think most people have a hard time really expressing their gratitude because it's it's they have to be vulnerable. I mean I love expressing gratitude. I think I'm pretty good at it, but there are times where I have my challenges with it because I I can get emotional when when i want to express gratitude and, and in this episode for example it's like if i start too much with that i will get emotional like in the beginning of this episode i i was being very emotional about it and, and yeah ask for help but be open to receive whatever it is that they are able to give you, whether it's five minutes of their time or hours of their time, whether it's they have many resources, few resources, lots of experience, little experience, whether they mess up completely or whether they solve your problems. Just the feeling of being supported should be enough because many times you're the one who's going to fix your shit. Many times you're going to be the one who fixes your shit, but when you feel like it's you against the world, It's hard to face it. But when you feel like you have a support network, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I can face the world. I can do this. I can do this. No one is going to stop me. And I'm going to say, like, for example, here, being here right now, having Steve, having Yesenia, having the team back in the city doing like all the day-to-day work and knowing that things are advancing. It gives me extra strength to do the things that I know I have to do. And really a lot of the things that I'm doing right now are not that different from what I was doing a year ago. But I feel like I have a support network. If I fall, if I make a mistake, if something gets worse, I have people. And that gives me the strength to push through during difficult periods. So... Don't expect people to fix your problems, but do include them. And sometimes just talking about it. I remember, for example, two nights ago, Steve cooked dinner or we cooked dinner because Steve did phase one. I did phase two. Uh, Steve started it. Uh, I fixed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve and I have this dynamic of he breaks things. I fix it. It's a kind of running joke. Yeah. Um, Context, I'm not criticizing him, um, but yeah, so 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 we had dinner, and yesenia was there, and I was there expressing my gratitude for all her support with my grandfather and sharing, you know, how I couldn't do what I do without her. And then she left, she had to go, and then I stayed with Steve, and we were what two, three hours, four hours, we were there all the evening, and I was. Steve goes, I finished the beer. Um, we were there all evening and I was just talking and I was just talking and talking and talking and sharing everything that was going on in my mind, everything that was stressing me, everything that was worrying me. Because obviously as the leader of this this project, this company, I am the one who always has to act cool. Like everything is under control and even when things are falling apart, it's like I've got this, I've got this. When people are about to give up, don't worry, I'll figure it out. And I usually do. Um but I do because I have a great team. I do because I have a great team that, that can help me. Um But just the feeling of being able to unload what was in my head was like ah oh, such a relief. It was like 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 taking a bunch of weight off my shoulders and just being like ah. Oh. And it it was great, it was great and, and I mean that's why people pay so much for 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 therapists i mean there are a lot of therapists that that do a lot of valuable work there are different types of therapies let's face it there's i mean psychology psych- psychiatry alternative stuff holistic stuff spiritual stuff there's all kinds of different therapies so but like I think one of the common denominators is you get to share your context you get to have people listen to you who hopefully are not judging you but are trying to be there for you i mean in some types of 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 therapy and coaching and things like that they they don't even share an opinion they just are there to listen and some types yeah they're there to prescribe things to you and some they're there to offer your services and and i mean uh, the common denominator in all of them is sharing your context Sharing what you're going through and having someone listen. But having someone listen without judgment. And I actually, here the uh, a f- couple of days ago, uh Alvaro uh wrote to me, he he does different things, including some types of coaching, and and he was like th- the thing he wrote, and there's there's something that struck with me, is like I'm here for you. Let me know how I can help if you need more people there I can drive people there no problem but the key thing he said more so than the concrete specifics he offered he said I'm here for you if you need someone to listen without sharing an opinion without any judgment without any suggestions just I'm here to listen and when he said that it was like holy shit that's what I need right now. Because last year, when my grandfather was going through a rough time, what I did was I locked myself in the apartments because I didn't want to be overwhelmed with people's judgments and opinions about how to do things. And the first time my grandfather went through a difficult period, everyone judged us because my grandfather, he asked us, not to take him to hospitals or old folks' homes or anything uh, for as long as we could, like give him his independence for as long as he could, because the moment he lived a dependent life, he didn't want to live anymore, and he said he would rather die in peace in his own bed than than at the care of a bunch of like professionals and and every time we've brought doctors over to do basic checks and you know help with basic stuff it's always been a fight right so he he always wanted to be the most independent for as long as possible for as long as possible and my brain goes in so many different directions so many yeah uh steve goes impressively so uh i'm trying to think what i was trying to say with with this story about my grandfather because when i think about my grandfather when i think about this this whole journey there's so many emotions so many flashbacks and and i think one of the biggest challenges for me right now is dealing with flashbacks flashbacks what i dealt with a year ago and and going through these things again now um yeah, no, it's it's tough, it's tough, it's tough, it it it's tough. But I mean, yeah, having a support network is good. But uh, uh, what what was I saying with my grandpa? Why why was I going through that story? Silver, uh, yeah, before that, why 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 would I? Well, obviously it's irrelevant. Uh, you in the you ah, yes, the yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I got flashbacks, and I was like, <sighs> but yeah, so. What I was getting at is 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 last year when I was going through all of this, I would get flashbacks. No (laughs) My Mind is all over the place in this episode. I almost didn't do it because I didn't know if I was mentally ready for it. Um Yeah, there were so many people, everyone judged us and criticized us because my grandfather he wanted his independence and everyone was like he should be in an old folks' home now or he should be hospitalized, he should be like this and every time i would tell my grandfather i need more help i cannot help you alone i mean i i'm not a, a healthcare expert like i know a lot of things but i mean i can't do this and he was like no doctors know this because we took him to a hospital last year and he was like they just charged a fortune and they didn't do anything and they really were terrible and like eh every time we've taken him to any hospital he has always fought against the doctors and nurses and been very grumpy and, and intolerable in those environments um and the reality is he really doesn't have like he he's good enough to 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 not like he doesn't need medicines right now like right now the problem is is eating habits and his depression and his mind more so than anything when we have taken him to doctors for checkups in the last few years he he has he has uh, been fine i mean he just yeah so anyway going back going back to the the point i was sharing is sometimes you just need someone to listen because last year everyone have gone through something with their parents or their grandparents and they had their tips on how to do it in the best way. It's like when you have a kid for the first time, everyone is going to teach you how to be a, be a good parent, or when you start a new business, everyone is going to teach you how to run your business. Well, when you're helping someone, especially someone who's who's going through a difficult period, everyone is going to have their judgments, but everyone is always an expert and and I appreciate the thought that goes into helping. I understand the instinct to want to help. I also am one of those people. If you ask me for help, I'm going to give you opinions. I'm going to give you context. I'm going to give you tips. I am that type of guy. So I, I get it and I appreciate it. But when 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 Alvaro said, listen, I can be there and just listen to you. Without opinion. Without answers. Just listen to it. It's like, wow. Right now, that sounds very good. Because everyone is telling me. And I... This time also, all of a sudden, I stopped. Even though I've been much better at asking for help and sharing my context, especially the first few days, then I started getting into my bubble and I started not talking to so many people. And then suddenly people were like, so you're not talking to me anymore? Like, like Have you forgotten about me? And like, things like that. And I was like, no, I'm just going through a difficult time. And, and, and talking about it can be hard. Uh, talking about it can be hard. So it was like, and talking about it is hard when you get too many opinions and you get too many judgments. So, so when I realized, okay, there's value in just having someone listen. And that's where going back, it's when you expand in your support network, sometimes it's as simple as I need to feel like there's someone there to not judge me if I mess up. Right now, I think with my grandfather... With my grandfather, I know he's grateful for what I'm doing. I know he's proud of what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it. What I'm afraid of is what everyone else thinks about how I'm doing it and what I'm doing. Because it's a uh, am trying to follow my grandfather's requests and expectations as much as possible. But there's so much noise and so many different opinions. You should do this. You should do that. You should feed him this. You should feed him that. You should try that. You should do this. And I love the feedback. I love the suggestions. I'm really grateful for everyone's care enough to take the time. And, and this is important. I mean, you've got to be grateful. People are going to help the way they know how to help. And while it's annoying, uh, don't take it personal. I mean, all these people who have criticized us during this process, they're just trying to help might not be the most helpful way but they're just trying to help so yeah don't have expectations about how people help you but just seek help seek expanding the amount of people who are there for you and yes have a healthy balance between the people who are going to be there without judgment and the people who might challenge you because sometimes you need someone to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone I mean sometimes with my grandfather I'm so afraid to go see him wondering is this going to be the last day I see him how am I going to find him when I go up uh, to his apartment and, and check on him and I mean he's usually okay but my brain obviously goes to worst case scenario and sometimes I'm like I don't want to go up there I'm afraid blah, blah blah and I need someone to push me and be like you can do this and yeah I mean Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes you just need someone to give you the confidence to face things. And yes, sometimes you don't have the skill set, the knowledge, and then you need someone else. Sometimes you need to bring in the professionals. Sometimes you need to bring in, in the, the the, people who, who have dealt with this before. Like what I've learned also now. Last year when I went through this with my grandfather, it was easier and it was harder. It was easier because I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, But it was also easier because I had no idea what I was doing. Now I have more of an idea what I'm doing because I've been through this process uh, before. Uh, But interestingly enough, one of the things I, I did discover was having met and talked to people who've been through similar things has helped me as well. has helped me as well because I was like, okay, there are other people who know how it feels to be in a situation like this. Um, But yeah, I mean, I know this podcast is more of a, my personal narrative and my personal take based on my personal context right now. But I do challenge you to ask yourself in your business, in your family, in your relationship, in in every area of your life, with your insecurities, with your mental health, with your physical health, how much are you trying to face everything alone? How much are you trying to face everything alone because of pride, because of arrogance, because of insecurity, because of fear of judgments? And is there any way that you can make the goal, the goal of overcoming these things, the goal of facing these things, the goal of tackling these things, more important than your fear of judgments, fear of failure, fear of... All that good stuff. For me, that was the biggest thing. And I know I say it a lot. But like with well, my grandfather and with, with the business here at Develop Yellman, the moment I made that des- decision, and a very conscious decision, and I reinforced it to myself, helping my grandfather is more important than the fear of being judged by neighbors or other family members. My goal of helping my grandfather based on how he asked me for help is more important than the opinions of people who don't have the context. We talk about a lot about context in development. When people don't have enough context, it's hard for them to help you. And it's very likely that they're going to judge you. If you don't take time to communicate the context, vulnerably, openly, share all the details. If you don't take that time, their help is going to be based on their insecurities, their fears, their context, their past. And it's just not as valuable. It's just not as valuable. And one thing I've learned, and I've learned it in the business a lot, with my team, the more I share all the difficulties that we're facing, all the challenges we're facing, all my emotional challenges, the more vulnerable I am, the more expressive I am, the more they can help. The more I reserve things to myself, the less I share, the more I act like everything is okay, the more people on the team, they fill in the blanks and assume things. I've had people on the team assume the worst in many situations. Assume ugly things, unfair things, unkind things, Uh Because they didn't have the context. And when I've sat down with them and said, this is the reality of the matter. This is what's happening. This is why this happened. This is why this happened. This is why this was done. This is why this was done this way. Then all of a sudden, the feelings of things being unfair, the feelings of things being wrong, the feelings of mistakes being made, suddenly disappeared. And suddenly, my team was much more productive. Uh, So, yeah. Share context with people. But... Don't share context with people and don't spend time trying to get people's approval. Share context with people so that you get better help. Because there's a difference between trying to get better help and support and trying to justify your actions. For example, with my grandfather, my instinct at first was like, I'm going to justify exactly why I'm doing everything I'm doing the way I'm doing so that no one will criticize me. That's not a healthy mentality. That's a distraction, that's noise. But when I started thinking of, okay, how can I help people help me more? Okay, I can help people help me more by sharing, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm facing. These are the insecurities. These are my instincts. These are my needs. These are uh, my deficiencies. These are uh, um, the, the opinions. These are the requests. This is the challenge the more I shared, the more people could help. And my policy now is really, the more you're an open book, the better. And a lot of people are probably going to disagree with me on this. But the more secrets you keep, the less allies you're going to have. The people who I know that are most open, authentic, real, transparent trusting they have more allies when people see the best in people instead of being in their mind and concluding things because we're all good at seeing either good or bad when we want to and if we want to see bad we will see bad if we want to see good we will see good and yes it's very good to make if Convince yourself that someone is ungrateful, someone is rude, someone is selfish, someone is judgmental, someone is this. And while it might be true, that might not be their permanent state. Sometimes that's a state of them being insecure, being drained, not having enough context. It might be a momentary thing. There are many people who I've met in the wrong moment who I've assumed wouldn't work with me. Who now work with me every day and help me a lot. There are so many, so many, so many, so many, so many different things uh, that that you really need to reevaluate in your life when it comes to support networks. Because I have people to this day tell me almost every day. I don't like asking for help. I don't like asking for support. I don't like asking for this. I need to deal with this myself. This is something I need to go through. You don't need to do this for me. You don't need to do that. No one needs to save me. No one needs to help me. No one needs to do this. In many different versions, both in work, both uh, uh, work, uh, family, friends, uh, romantic, like in different areas, I've seen it in many different ways manifest itself. That feeling of i need to face this alone newsflash for you you don't there's rarely something you truly need to face alone there are certain specifics certain details that only you can do yes there's certain logistics that only you can do physically or mentally like certain steps that you have to take and that you cannot offload sure you can't offload everything but you can now offload a lot of noise and you can strengthen yourself and build your strength with the help of others. Um, So yeah. Share context, be vulnerable, be transparent. Don't give so much power for the fear of judgments because understand you're going to be judged way more if they're filling in blanks. I think this number is not scientific but like sounds nice (laughs) i think 90 percent of people their judgments come from not having enough context every time i've seen someone criticize another person it's because they don't understand the other person they don't understand why the person did what they did or why they're doing what they do because they would have done differently because they don't have the context they don't know why and what led that person to do it so I mean, context is key. And we're going to have a whole episode on context because context is is some valuable stuff. I mean, I think it's one of those things that the more we are willing to share our context, the more confident we are to share that, the, the, the better our support network gets. And the more we are willing to understand other people's context, the easier it is for us to integrate them into our lives. The easier it is to help them too. And there's a question here. Uh, How do we get that pride of not asking for help? How do we learn it? I mean, there's so many things. If your family has that keeping up with the Joneses mentality of, or our, our neighbors look like this, they drive this car, they have everything going for them. Their kids, they go to Harvard, they do this, like... And then it's like our life has all these problems. I don't want them to see that we have all these problems. Let me act like I don't have problems. That's a that's a huge thing. And in Latin America also, I mean culturally it's like there's there's a lot of sayings of, you know, keep the problems in the home. Um but outside of Latin America too, I mean the keeping on up with the Joneses thing is it's a very American phrase, I think. I'm not sure where it originates from, but it's it's a common phrase. Uh, but yeah, there's. I think our parents, they want to guide us also. And sometimes when they're guiding us, when they see us struggle, there's a period of denial. I think one of the, the, the steps in terms of dealing with a difficult situation is one of the instincts is denying it at first. And when we deny... A situation we don't face the situation. So how many times have ha- have you had a problem and you've gone to your parents and they've made less of the problem because they feel overwhelmed. And it's not that they don't care. It's they're scared. So it's easier to, for them to tell themselves, no, that's not true. I remember many times that different family members have shared things with me. I remember... On a few occasions, my sister coming up to me and sharing things that she was going through, that led me to f- p- fear: what does this mean for her? What? Uh, how can I help her? And it's like I have no knowledge or or context or information to help her through this period. So my my instinct has sometimes been like. Diminishing it in my mind. Uh, and then with time, I've been able to help more. With time, I've been able to educate myself in many different things. With time, I've been able to be a better supporter. Uh, but many times that something new presents itself, the first instinct is holy shit, this isn't real. This isn't happening. I don't know how to deal with this situation. And especially when you're dealing with things that are so out of your context. That happens, and and I think a lot of parents, when their kids go through something difficult, their instinct is okay, like we'll protect you, we'll help you, but in the home, like keep it here, while we figure out how to navigate it. And and many times, parents are just buying time, buying time to educate themselves, buying time to gain the confidence to face things. I uh, I recently. Been ta- uh, talking with someone who 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 has gone through through some kind of eating disorders and things like that, and who has shared that when she was going through relapses and difficult periods, her family would just lock her up, and they were like, "You're not going outside because no one can see you," because they were so afraid of the judgments. Um, and I've I've heard those stories by so many people in different areas. No, no, don't tell anyone. That 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 keep it here, and keeping secrets is something that people get trained to do. And my, my grandparents, my, my grandmother was the expert of that. When there was ever a problem in our home, her instinct was like, no one no one can find out. No one can find out. Let's hide that from the world. Let's act to the outside world like everything is awesome. And there have been very, very, very difficult, very difficult situations we've been in with family conflicts and things like that. But the outside world could not could not see. We're not allowed in. And I think... Obviously, in development, we talk about everyone has their own situation, their own context. So, obviously, this example doesn't apply for everyone. But I do think that a lot our teachers, our mentors, our parents, our friends, they're often not educated and are not ready to help in the moment. So sometimes they their instinct is to deny the situation. Don't judge them for that and don't learn to deny the reality of something and postpone dealing with something Um, just because of people around you being insecure. Understand that within your support network that will happen sometimes. That doesn't make their support any less valuable in the sense that If you change your mental narrative, it's like, okay, this person can't help me with the specifics. This person, yes. The help is maybe not super valuable. But if you make the mistake of telling yourself this person doesn't care, that's the worst thing you can do. Um, I know so many people who feel like the people around them don't care. And... When I've learned their context, it's not that they don't care, it's that they have no, their people around them just don't know how to deal with the situation. I mean, if you get shut down with a situation and you have the full context, imagine someone who doesn't have the full context. It's very likely that they'll get shut down too. So, that pride sometimes is yes. We want to control our image because we want people to respect us. We want people to celebrate us. We want people to think we are amazing. We want people to think we are perfect. And we want to do the keeping up with the Joneses effect. But sometimes it's also learned because denial kicks in because we have no idea what's going on. So it's easier to just be like, let's not share this with the world until we know how to get a grasp on it. And it's not bad to take and evaluate it appear to evaluate, educate yourself, figure out what really is wrong. Because I also know people who very prematurely start sharing their problems without having taken the time to understand the problems properly. And then they get bad help because they share the wrong thing. I mean, have you ever gone to the doctor and shared only 10% of what you're experiencing? So they only tackle that 10%. But it turns out that that ten percent was a result of something else. Like I've gone to the doctor and sometimes been prescribed the wrong stuff because I only shared with them enough for them to give me the wrong stuff. I did, but I wasn't really aware enough, and I hadn't connected enough dots to get, paint them the whole picture. So if you take the time to paint them the whole picture, it's great. So sometimes yes. You can hold back the information temporarily where, like, okay, let me understand the situation. What are the variables? What are the factors? How can I share this with the world? Or how can I ask for help? Okay, so let, let, let's, let's figure it out. But just don't make the mistake of getting paralyzed because of fears. And I think fear of judgment is, is one of the biggest ones. I think when we're talking about pride, and the question that was asked specifically is how do we get that pride? Pride? Fear of judgment, and fear of judgment comes when we've been ju- rejected a lot, criticized a lot. And yes, I'm sharing, for example, situations of how it could have happened in a very organic way. But there are also people who have traumas. There are people who have been rejected, have been told that they're burdened. There are people who have been told that they uh, their problems aren't real. I I've, there are people who have had more concrete, strong reactions to things. And I think if you've had very concrete, strong reactions, you might not be asking this question because you will probably identify, oh, yeah, when I was going through this problem, my mother or my partner or my this said, that's not true or that's wrong or you're wrong or you're such a burden or you're so dramatic or you're so arrogant or you're so this and dismiss the situation. Maybe you're forgetting, but ask yourself, how many times have you had problems where you've gone to someone and they've just dismissed the situation? Another thing happens that's different from pride, but is true as well. How many of you are just fatigued from trying to ask for help and no one will listen? How many of you have been begging for help, maybe not in the most efficient way, and and hopefully I can help you be more efficient with your ways, but how many of you have felt like you've been asking for help for years and gotten the constant reply of, "No, that's not true, that's not real, that's not okay, that's like And then you get you just give up and you just conclude that, oh, it's not worth it." But you have to understand not everyone is capable to, of helping you. Not everyone is ready to help you. That doesn't mean that you should stop trying to find the ones that are. For example, I know a lot of people have asked me for help for many things that I have not been able to help them with. But I also know many of them have been able to find other people that have been able to help them with because they had a different context, different experience, different capabilities. We can't all be whatever anyone needs from us in any moment. We can try our best. But there's always someone out there who is ready to help and has the context and experience to help. And that's also something you have to understand, knowing who to ask for help from f- is important. I mean, I have learned very clearly there's certain things I will ask certain people. I know now what can I count on my mother for? What can, can I count on my sister for? What can I count on Steve for? What can I count on the team for? Like I know very clearly I have this type of issue, I go with this person. If I go with a different person, they will maybe not have the preparation to Provide me with what I need in that moment. So, yeah. Don't give up seeking help. For example, I'll give you an example. My sister. My sister has suffered from a lot of different things over the years. Um, But one of the most difficult things that we've gone through with her is uh, certain anxieties, panic attacks... Uh, chronic pains, and sometimes those things are interconnected. Not always, but and we tried different things. And and over the years, it's been a a long journey. I mean, and we still haven't figured it all out. I mean, there's still some chronic pains there that we're working on. Still sometimes anxiety, but I mean, much, much, much better than before. But the cool thing is we never really stopped educating ourselves, seeking out things, finding out information um, and that's something I challenge you to. There's some things in your life that are difficult that will take time. There's some support networks and that will can be built overnight, and there's some that take several years. The bigger the, the challenge or the less context or experience you have on, in the area that you're facing, the longer time it's going to take. So... Be patient. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the people around you. Share your context. Um, Seek other people's context. Explain what you need based on the way that the other person can understand. Remember, we all have different personalities. We all have different contexts. We uh, all have different experiences. So just because you have one context doesn't mean that the other person will understand it right away. Because they might need different vocabulary, different examples. For example, when I talk with my grandfather, I have to use vocabulary that's different. He doesn't know what the internet is. He doesn't know what uh, apps are. He doesn't even know what a smartphone is. So I have to use different vocabulary that works with his context. For example, a doctor and a lawyer, they have different vocabulary. So if a doctor is going to ask a lawyer for health advice... That's not very likely. But obviously, the way he would have to ask it would be with much more colloquial terms uh, because the lawyer would not have the context and uh, experience. So, so yeah, understand that when you're asking for help, use language and examples that the other person can understand. Uh, Turn it into something that the other person can understand using metaphors if needed. Um, Because when you use metaphors... It's easier to assess the situation uh, objectively than sometimes when you face the real thing. Uh, so that's another tip. Um, and yeah, understand that asking for help is, is, is generous. It's very, very generous. It's, it's inclusive. There are people waiting to help you, and it creates win-win situations. And in business also, not, and in family also, sharing vulnerability is nice it's 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 good uh people value that it makes you more real it makes you more human uh we've all followed certain celebrities and certain uh entrepreneurs sh- during the difficult periods and we've respected them more for it not less uh i don't think anyone respects um any entrepreneur less who has shared their struggles on the contrary is huh wow I didn't know what all of what was happening behind the scenes, and why do you think that vlogging is so popular? Like for uh, those of you who don't know what vlogging is, is basically grabbing a camera and documenting your life. People like to know what's happening in your life, so let people in, let people in, and yeah, stop fearing judgment, because many times the fear of judgment is making you. Give up on a lot of things prematurely. So, yeah, I will wrap up this episode. Um, thank you very much for 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 accompanying me during this episode with this slightly different format, with this slightly different rhythm. Uh, it was one I had to do. I did not have the mental peace right now to do any other topic I had to do something related to what I was going through right now and I felt talking about asking for help because of how much of a difference it's made on my last year how much I value and appreciate all the help I had to do this episode about this I couldn't make it about anything else so I thought long and hard about how i wanted to share with the world what i'm going through right now and and the most appropriate way to do it was to do a podcast to encourage you guys to ask for a bit more help uh so thank you thank you thank you um and thank you for all the heartwarming messages and 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 support uh in all the different ways that that you guys have been supporting me so and yeah, if you guys see a little bit of inconsistency for my part, I know some people have been asking me where I am and what I've been doing. Um, I have been absorbed a lot by, 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 by this, helping my grandfather's situation for many months. And I've been kind of traveling less and doing less events and uh, uh, keeping trips shorter and, and driving back and forth a lot between cities trying to, to get the basics done in the office and then come here with my grandfather um, for as much as possible. But know that because of the great support network we have, uh, a lot of things are advancing in the company right now at, a, an ex- an, at an accelerated rate because going through this has helped me ask for help, has helped me delegate, has helped me admit when I can't do it all. So, so yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, for those of you who speak Spanish... Uh, here in half an hour we're going to have the episode in Spanish in the Spanish channel and it might be interesting for you to join that one because Yesenia should be joining that one and she, she's been here helping with my grandfather and, and has liberated me from from some of the, the responsibilities at times so so we'll get a little bit different side of the story there so, so yeah so thank you, thank you, thank you and uh, hopefully depending on how things look here with with my whole situation and grandpa's situation. Hopefully uh, I'll be back. N- <coughs> Hopefully I'll be back next week, same time, same place and, uh, or maybe different place. Let's see. And uh, yeah. And uh, I think next week I'm, I'm going to aim for the topic of context because it's a very, very important topic, but I do want more people on that one. So we'll have to organize ourselves to get more people on that one because when we're talking context, we need different contexts. So yeah. So yeah, see you next week and thank you for everything. Have a good one.